and amen. God, we believe <laughs> that you can do what you promised that you're going to do. Brian, lead us before we start, bud. that the music today title of message is a new beginning and as i was thinking about what to preach on today (laughs) believe it or not i always ask the lord what he what what message he's already written so it just took him a little while this week to kind of get it get it to me that's probably my fault but sometimes he drags his feet but i'm thankful that he always does (laughs) A new beginning, a new year, new beginnings, new resolutions, new anticipations, new excitement as we think back on on what was going on in 2022 and and probably in our minds sometimes we kind of evaluate how how that went and and we kind of look at maybe these are some things that I would, you know, didn't go quite so well. And, and part of that was my fault. And I would maybe want to change them as we think about the last year. And, and, and how can I move forward into a new year? And, and uh, some things that I, I just would like to, like to change. And, and we know what people do, don't we? They make New Year's resolutions. I resolve. You know, I'm going to exercise more this year. You know, how many of you have done that one? Or how about this one? You don't have to show hands on this one. I'm, I'm going on a diet. Ain't nobody going to agree with that one, are you? I'm going to quit smoking this year. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be so much nicer this year. I, I, my goal is to be so much nicer, to be much more forgiving of people. That might be a good one. Okay. You know, I might, uh, I might want to work harder. Or like I was talking to uh, my friend yesterday, he says, you know, my goal is to work less and not as hard. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. Or maybe I want to be a better husband, a better wife, a better mom, or a better dad. Uh, I mean, those are all noble kind of things. Or, you know, doggone it, I'm going I'm to read through the Bible this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this old book and I'm going to get through it all year and I'm bound and determined to do that. And of course, that'd be, that would be a good one. As we begin a new year, we begin to look at those kinds of things. How can we make ourselves a little better? How can we change? How can we make a resolution and resolve and a commitment that I'm going to do what I want to do to make myself a little bit better? And today I want to look at a man from the Bible that absolutely needed a new beginning he needed a fresh start in his life and his name was cephas his name was simon peter his name was simon his name 
was just Peter. And he was a fisherman by trade. And the Bible tells us that Peter and, and Andrew, his brother, were the first two disciples that Jesus picked for his team. Saw him fishing Monday, and Jesus said, come follow me, and what do they do? They came and followed him. And we know a little bit about Peter. He was very outspoken, was he not? He was very impulsive. He was very opinionated. But he loved Jesus. He loved Jesus with all of his heart. Jesus was his friend. Jesus was his leader. Jesus was his Lord. And he loved him so much. But we read in Matthew 26 that as, as we see that the Lord's Supper has taken place and, and he's got his, all his disciples there and, and, and Jesus is telling him that, that uh, the future is happening, that I am going to die here shortly. I'll be raised again on the third day, but, but here, is, here is the future. And we read in, in Matthew 26, we see Peter's response. Peter's response, and he says in verse 33, he says, after hearing all this, he says, even though all may fall away, I will not fall away like everybody else. In the next verse, Jesus tells him, the cock will crow and you'll deny me three times. And then in verse 35, Peter says again, even if I have to die with you, I will die with you. And all the disciples said, yeah, I, yeah, me too. I'm with him. Yeah, I'm going to stand hmm, with you. We read in Luke twenty-two thirty-three, Peter says to Jesus, he said, Lord, with you I'm ready to go to prison and go to death. I mean, he's talking a good game, isn't he? And he's very insistent. I'm behind you. I'm behind you, Lord, 100%. And then we see, we find him in Gethsemane. And Jesus has gone there to pray. And he says, Peter, James, and John, hey, come with me. Come with me a little further into the garden. And Peter and James and John, what I want you to do here, buddies, is to just sit here and I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Unless you fall into temptation. Wow. Jesus walks off and he begins to pray for an hour. And he comes back and he finds Peter, James, and John snoring away. He goes again for another hour. He comes back, Peter, James, and John still racked out. Another hour. And you know the story. It was too tiring for Peter, James, and John on that night to stay awake. It was too tiring to pray. It was too tiring to pray because, because I'm with you, Jesus. And I'm strong and I'm mighty. And I'll die if I have to because of you. Uh, but I don't need to pray about it because hey, Satan ain't going to tip me on this deal. And then we find when the soldiers came to get Jesus... And they woke Peter and James and John up. And, and, and Peter sees what's happening. And he grabs a sword and he, and he chops off the right ear of, the, of the, the slave of the high priest. And Jesus said, no, we're not playing that game. And he puts the, puts the ear back on him. Jesus, uh, Peter. Peter was willing to fight. And Peter was willing to die for the Lord. Peter started his ministry great. I mean, his start was right on schedule. 
strong for the Lord. But then something happened. Something happened. Jesus is arrested. And they take him to, to, the, to the office of, the, of, the, of Caiaphas. And, and, and we know that Peter follows. Peter follows Jesus from a distance. And he follows him. And Peter finds himself in the courtyard. In the courtyard of Caiaphas. And there he is met with a little servant girl. Peter's warming himself by the fire. It's probably a cool night. Minding his own business, just kind of watching what's going on. And here comes this little servant girl up to him and says, Weren't you with that Jesus, that Galilean? I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about. A few minutes later, another little servant girl comes up and said, Didn't I see you with that Jesus of the, that Nazarene guy? I. I don't know the man. I don't know him. A few minutes later, some bystanders came by and said, you know, when I hear you talk, you talk just like all those rest of those guys. And the Bible says, Peter swore and cursed, blankety, 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 I do not know that man. And as soon as he did that, guess what happened? The rooster crowed. He had denied Jesus three times. And the Bible says he left and he wept bitterly. Here's a man that had started good. He had a good beginning. And now he has failed miserably in his life by denying Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, Peter needed a new beginning. Peter needed to, a new restart. He needed to reboot his life, if you would. And that's about the only computer word I know, is to reboot. He needed that new beginning, did he not? And we know a few hours later what happened. Jesus is crucified. Jesus is hung on a cross. And he's crucified. What would Peter do? He needed a new beginning. But he had denied knowing his friend. He denied knowing his friend. He knew now Jesus was dead. And he knew that maybe if it, since Jesus is dead, he would never be able to tell him how sorry he was. He would never be able to receive that forgiveness. And now, and now what's he going to do? The movement would now be in shambles. There was no leadership there. The leader is now gone. What does the future look like for the disciples? Bleak and dark. What did they do for the last three years? Did they waste the last three years? I'm sure the thought came into their mind, man, what are we, I mean, he's gone now, dead, and we spent three years, we could have been out fishing, catching a lot of fish. And I'm sure Peter struggled with this. He had denied his good buddy. He denied him, and he, and he had turned his back on his good buddy and, he, and I'm sure in his mind he had to be thinking he, he'll never forgive me he'll never forgive me because he can't he's gone and all Peter knew what to do at that point in his life was to go back to the thing that he knew to do and that was to go fishing to go fishing in John 21 we see that he went fishing 
we see that he went fishing with six other disciples. Seven disciples, the Bible tells us in John 21, decide to go fishing. And the Bible tells us as they went fishing, they fished all night. I can't imagine fishing all night. But they fished all night. And the Bible says they caught nothing. Zip. Nothing. Man, that's a, that's a bad night at the pond, isn't it? Absolutely nothing. But as they were coming into the shore to, to sit down and, get, and eat some breakfast, there was a man on the shore. And they didn't recognize him, but the man was Jesus. And this man tells him, he said, hey, you caught anything? No, nah, been a bad night. He said, well, throw your net on, over on the right side of your boat. And let's see what happens. And what happened? The Bible says they caught a, caught a haul, fought a lot of fish. Said that their haul was so big they couldn't even hardly get it back in the boat. It was so much. And then after that happened, because Jesus had already performed that miracle once in Peter's life, they look and they see and they recognize that man, that man on that shore. That must be Jesus. That's got to be Jesus. Jesus? And it dawned on him, yeah, who else can do that? Who else can tell you to put, the, put your net on the other side and fill it up with fish? Only Jesus could do that. And the Bible says Peter jumped in the water and swam to the shore. The disciples came rowing the boat for, for, for him to get there, for them to get there. And they got there, and sure enough, it was Jesus on the shore. Jesus had prepared for them a breakfast, a breakfast of some fish and a breakfast of some bread. And they sat and they ate and they talked and, and just had, had great fellowship because Peter's friend and his leader and his Lord was now with him. After the meal and after some conversation, Jesus pulls Peter aside and in Matthew 21, starting with verse 15, it goes like this. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, tend my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, shepherd my sheep. He said a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had answered so many times. He said, do you love me? Jesus said, he said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Tend my sheep. You see, as you read that, you read that, you, you, see, you can pull some of those things out of there. You see, Jesus was not mad at Peter. Okay, he wasn't mad at him. Peter denied him, rejected him. And yet, Jesus was not mad at him. Jesus was not holding a grudge against him. Jesus did not condemn him for his failures. That's huge. Because that's who Jesus is. He never even mentioned Peter's failures. Didn't even bring them up. Because you see, when Jesus forgives you of your sins, the Bible tells us he puts them as far as the east is from the west. Never to bring them up again. Jesus never brought his failings up again to him. Guess what? Jesus had forgiven Peter. 
He had forgiven Peter of his failures. And, 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 he, and, he, and, he, and he gives him something to do. <laughs> he says, Peter, you're, you, you're forgiven. Now I want you to go get busy doing what I've called you to do. Peter, you have been forgiven. Peter, you have been cleansed. Now, Peter, get out of the boat of pity. Get out of the boat of guilt. Feeling awful because you failed me. Peter, I want you to go do something. I want you to take care of my people. I want you to take care of those that I give to you to take care of. Peter, I want you to go get do something instead of now just sitting and, and sulking. Peter, you're forgiven. And because you're forgiven and you've been cleansed, Peter, go out and go do what I've called you to do. Peter needed a new beginning. Peter started good. Peter failed in the middle. He needed a new beginning. He's getting this new beginning and now Peter will finish his life in a strong way. I believe there's people in this congregation today that need a new beginning for a new year. Don't know personally. I'm not pointing fingers. But I just know in an audience this big that some of us need a new beginning. Peter needed a new beginning. You need, I need a new beginning because maybe life has has pulled you away from the Lord this past year maybe your delight in the things of the Lord is not there anymore maybe maybe you don't have a, a passion to, to come maybe you have don't have a delight in reading his word maybe something has happened I don't know maybe this past year you have been sick maybe you've had cancer and your faith is being shaken. Maybe you've had a loved one die. And there's someone at that empty chair at the table. And you begin to wonder, why God, why did this happen to me now? And he's pulled you away from the Lord. Maybe you have financial stress. And you wonder, God, your word says you'll provide and you begin to have that doubt in your mind and you, and you pull away just a little bit from the Lord. Maybe the world events scare you. And it could happen that way. And, you, and we think focusing on all that's going on out there and we forget to focus on what's going on right, all right here. Or maybe, maybe you just have unconfessed sin in your life. Ooh. Maybe you just have unconfessed sin. Maybe, maybe you've lived a life this past year and, and, and you, you, your sins have kind of just started stacking up on you. And, and, and you're embarrassed to go take those sins to the Lord. Well, I can't. I can't talk about that. I can't, I can't go pray about that. I've got this, this whole list. And I'm afraid of what God is going to do and what God's going to say and how he's going to judge me because of these sins that I've never confessed. And you just don't feel right and you know you need to do something, but it's just, you just can't do it. God, I, I just really don't want to talk about it, God. Huh? God, I don't want to talk about it. You ever been there? Yeah. And you begin to feel like King David after King David held on to his major league sins for almost a year. The Bible says, man, David talked about, man, I just, I got to confess this, but my body's just wasting away. I don't know why I feel this way, David would say. And it was because of unconfessed sin in his life. 
He said, he said it's, it's as if that God's mighty hand is kind of just holding me down. He said, for some reason, my body just hurts, and I groan all day, and, it, and I've got no energy, and I've got no enthusiasm for life. And as he was thinking through this for almost a year, and he finally figured out it was, I've held on to this sin for almost a year. And in that great chapter 32 of Psalms, he says, I finally, I finally confessed. I finally took the things that I have done to the Lord, and I didn't just soft soap them. I told him exactly what went down. And he said, when I got, got that, when I did that, God forgave me. And I was cleansed. And he said, now it's not like I'm burdened with all of my things going on. I've got a new joy because I just confessed. Maybe that's what's going on in your life. I don't know. But if it is, I would urge you to get on your knees and, and confess some of that stuff. Or maybe you're just like Peter who talks a good game who says within the walls of this church, I'm for you, let's go, Lord. And yet when we leave, the, leave this building and we get out into the real world, we deny him. We deny even knowing him. We're for sure not going to say anything to somebody about him. And in essence, when, when we do that, we are just doing the very same thing Peter did. And denying him to people that need to know him. Maybe your walk with the Lord is not where it should be. And you know it. <laughs> okay, and you know it. Nah, I just, I, I, I read the Bible sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I can take the lamp off of it first so I can get to it. Yeah, I pray. I do. I do. I pray before every meal. You say, Rub-a-dub-dub, thank you, Lord, for the grub. And we think that is praying to the Father. No, that's not praying to the Father. Praying to the Father says, Father, I seek your will in everything. Father, I need you. The Bible says, like, like a deer that pants for water, I need you. But we don't do that, and we're not committed in our, in our, in our church attendance and we're not walking in a manner worthy of the calling that we know it. And we don't want to take it to the Lord because we think God's going to be mad at us. And we still suffer with our sins, but that's not the case. Just like Peter, just like Peter, God forgave him. Just like Peter, God cleansed him. Just like Peter, God gave him something to do once all that happened. God's arms are open wide. Did you know that? His arms are open. No matter what you have done, he says, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Man, if you need a new beginning this year, I think maybe that's a good place to start. Let him forgive you. Let him cleanse you. Let him make you whole again. I would urge you this, this time of the year, as we make resolutions, and we make temporal, earthly kinds of resolutions. Exercise more and diet, those kind of things. Nothing wrong with those kind of things. But those kind of, those kind of thoughts and resolutions only apply right now. They, they maybe affect today or tomorrow. 
And I would urge you this time of the year to make a spiritual resolution. Make a spiritual resolution that, that, that will affect and impact your life today and will impact your life for an eternity. Yeah, you can exercise all you want to, but that has no impact on your eternity that you're going to spend. Man, I would urge you, and here's some of the things I would urge you to do with God's help. First one I would say is to resolve to read and meditate on His Word daily. You see, you see Hebrews 1.19, I mean, uh, Hebrews 119, uh, Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. See, God wants us to read His Word. And you say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to read. I've, I've heard that before. Man, I just don't understand this book. I don't know where to start. Well, I would tell you to read the book of John in the New Testament. Start there. Because the book of John tells us all about Jesus. And, it, and, it, and I would read that once. I would read that twice. I would read that three times until you got it. And then I would say, go read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, you can't, I wouldn't start in Revelation. I wouldn't start in Leviticus, that's for sure. Okay, if you've ever read those books, they're a little bit of a challenge. Read something you can grab a hold of. Read something that you understand. And the Gospels all talk about Jesus. Talked to somebody today and said, I, she said, I finished my reading plan for the year. She had read the Bible through. And she had some days, and she said, you know, I, I've been reading in the Psalms. I like the Psalms. Psalms are good. You want to you know a blessing? You want to know uh, how good God is? Read the Psalms. If you want wisdom, the Bible says read Proverbs. You know, you can make it without reading the whole book, but if you've got to read something, man, I would just resolve. I'm going to spend time in God's Word today. Let God feed me from His Word. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, when I read that, when I read that, Father, would you have your Holy Spirit teach me the truth of what that verse says? And you know what? That's a promise that God's given us. He'll give us that. He'll, he'll give us that. He'll show us where to find it. He will give us the truth behind that verse. Man, read and meditate on His Word. That's the first thing I would urge you to, to do if you need a new beginning. The second thing is to spend time in prayer. James 5, 6, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Who would not want to have the power of prayer in your life? I mean, who wouldn't want that? Man, if I got somebody that's, that's sick and's got cancer, that I, I desire that are healed, I want to pray. And I want a God that's going to hear my prayer, and I want a God that's going to be my prayer to be effective for that person. Who would not want that? The, the prayer of a righteous man can, can be effective and accomplish much, his word says. But we've got to spend time in prayer. We've got to spend more than a 30-second blurb. Those are fine. But we've got to spend time praising him, at, ad, adoring the Lord. We've got to spend time confessing. We've got to spend time thanking him. And then we've got to spend time with supplication or asking the acts that's in the back of your bulletin, and then seeking God's will in your life. We've got to spend time praying to the Father because prayer unlocks the keys to all of this. 
in your life. I would urge you to resolve to commit to consistently be in God's house. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourself, as some do, the Bible says. Why come to his house? To be around other people that think like you. I mean, we live in a world that, that most folks don't even think like we do, don't want to think like we do, don't want to talk like we do, don't want to act. We've got to come together and come together as a church consistently so we can have fellowship with one another. That we can, the Bible says, prop one another up, if you would. The Bible says we come to worship, yes, and to be fed and to sing praises to the Lord. The Bible says, I, I, I want you to make it a priority. Remember the Sabbath. Make it a priority to be in His house consistently. That would help with a new beginning. And the last one I've got, just right now. Resolve to praise the Lord in everything. Praise the Lord in everything. Not for everything, because not everything is good. But we've got a God who we can praise as we go through anything. Because he's there with us. Over and over the God's word tells us he is with us. And we praise him when we thank him. For even though we have difficult situations in our life, we can thank him because he is there. He is near. He is here. He will save those who are crushed in spirit. He is with us when we are brokenhearted. The Bible gives us all those kind of promises. And we can praise him. Like Casting Crowns had that song, We will praise you in the storm. Even when I don't see it, when I can't hear it, and I can't feel it. We're going to praise you in a storm. Man, if you want a new beginning for this year, man, I would urge you to do those things. I would urge you to, if you have failed somewhere in your life, and you're a Christian, but you have failed, and you need a new beginning, you can get a new beginning. And what a, what a day to get that new beginning it would be January 1st, 2023. I've spoken to Christians today. But what about those that have never believed? That have never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? I can promise you, if you are that one of those, you need a new beginning. You need a fresh start. You need a reboot. Because the Bible says that one day every person will stand before God. The Christians will stand before God and we will have an attorney, a lawyer, one who stands in our place. And when we are accused of being wrong, we've got, it, we've got that attorney that says, no, that, no I, I paid the price for Don. Yes, he's guilty, but I paid the price and his name is Jesus. But if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will stand before God one of these days naked. You will not have an attorney. You will not have a lawyer. And he's going to ask you what you do with your life. And I promise you, you'll have no answer. Because you're talking to a holy God. A perfect God. He's not, you're not talking to the pastor. You're talking to God Almighty. Who is holy and he will bring judgment when he has to bring judgment. And you'll stand there. And then the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess one of these days. And, it, and in Revelation 20... Verse 15, it says, If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, if, if you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
the Bible says you will be thrown. And, and as I was looking at that, I thought, I don't want to use that word, thrown. That's what the Bible uses. You will be thrown into the lake of fire. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody wants that. Because you see, you don't have to do that. You don't have to spend eternity separated from God in a lake of fire and brimstone. Because you see, Jesus went to the cross and he died and shed his blood for you. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you wonder what the Bible says? You shall be saved for eternity, not just for today. And you can skip that lake of fire business. You can skip that great white throne judgment business because you ain't going to be there. You're going to be having supper with the Lord, the marriage ceremony with the Lord. You're going to be with him forever and forever and forever. I promise you, if you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, you need a new beginning because your end will not end well. Give your heart and life to Jesus today as we begin our invitation time. There's times in everybody's life that you need a new beginning. That sometimes we just kick it. I kick it, you kick it. And we've got a Savior that says, come on. I don't judge you. I don't harass you. don't make fun of you. But when you come with a humble and contrite heart, I got you. I forgive you. And I will cleanse you. And I'm going to give you something to do in my name. Man, it don't get no better than that. We serve a risen Savior, do we not? Who's alive and well, sitting at the right hand of the Father, even as we speak. I, I hope this message has been an encouragement to you as we begin a new year. As, 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 as we start today, a new year, a new adventure, a new anticipations out there. Start it with the Lord. Commit to be the man and the woman that, that he wants us to be. Walk in a manner worthy of his calling. Today would be a good day to resolve to do that. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, today would be a better day for you to do that, a new beginning. If you've ever been saved but you've never been baptized, today would be a good day to come and let's get that done. Because the Bible wants us to be baptized. It has nothing to do with salvation. It doesn't save you. But it is an act of obedience that, that Jesus wants us to do. And if you're looking for a church home, this is not a bad place to be. Okay? As the a, as a music plays, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm going to ask you to do business with the Lord right now. If you need a new beginning, just ask Him for a new beginning. Ask Him to give you a new resolution. A new spiritual revolution that I will commit this year to do what you've asked me to do. I'll be quiet and you pray. The altars will be open. I'm here. Do business with the Lord right there.